Welcome back to Will You Accept This Look, the Bachelor Fashion Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, for listening, for sharing it with your friends, for commenting on Instagram and following on Instagram. You can find me at a Bachelor Fashion Podcast. Thank you so much. And today I have an amazing guest with me, Janelle Ariola. She is a fashion stylist, and I feel so lucky to have someone who actually is in the fashion industry as a guest on my podcast. Janelle, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Hello. I'm so excited. This is going to be so good. I'm so excited too. My first podcast and I am excited to be talking about bachelor and fashion, my two favorite things. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Mine too, honestly. Like I know I'm not an expert, but you're definitely more qualified than me. So this will be really fun. Yeah, so excited. Um, so do you want to plug your Instagram so people know where to follow you? Yeah, my Instagram is at Janelle Lynn with one N. So J-A-N-E-L-L-E-L-Y-N. Um, and then my website is linked in that bio. So you guys can follow me there. Awesome. Okay, I was poking around your Instagram and I saw that you styled Tasha, and my, my mind was kind of blown. I kind of freaked <laughs> out a little bit. I was like so jealous. Um, what was that like? And what was that for? Yeah. Um, so that was for a clothing company that I work for called Amaryllis. And it was a campaign shoot that we did for Valentine's Day. And she was the model that they had um, chosen, the client. And yeah, it was so much fun. She is incredible. She's exactly how you see her on TV is how she's in person. Um, Just like the sweetest girl, like down for anything, just so professional. Like it was, it was really fun. Yeah. She has so much energy. I, I can only imagine what that would be like to witness in person up close like infectious laugh, infectious smile. Just she is literally like exactly how she is on TV. She's that bubbly in person, which you don't always find. Yeah, that is awesome, man. That is so cool. And she has a great style. I mean, I kind of talked about that in my last episode that she, I like, I'm curious. And I guess this is, this could be a good question is where is the line between what is their style and what is the stylist's style? And how do you kind of like navigate that relationship with a a client. Right. So for that particular job, it was for a clothing company. So we are working with their clothing items. Um, But you do, you know, they pick models that kind of replicate and like vibe with their brand, if that makes sense. So it is a collaboration, but mostly when you're working with like specific clothing brands or designers, then you are getting more of the direction from their end versus the client. If you're working directly with a client for like a red carpet or something, then they obviously have more say in that because it is their brand. But yeah, for that specific job, it was a collaboration on both ends and Tasha's so great and she looks good in everything and so you know they give the collection to me I style it out and then you know we just go through the looks and like luckily I mean she looks great in everything so everything worked out <laughs> really well yeah she really does she looks incredible in every color and every style there was one dress on her season that I really didn't like I mean she looked good but it was like a 
pink dress with flowers and it was very like cutesy I don't know it didn't really seem to match her but I do think she does look pretty amazing in pretty much everything totally I I think she personally was probably like one of the best dressed bachelorettes that they've had ever I think like her and um I want to say like Jojo had really cute style that's exactly what I was gonna say I was gonna say her and Jojo yep definitely the top for me yeah same and that was another one of the things I was gonna ask you is like who your favorite leads have been on The Bachelor and like whose style you liked the most yeah, probably JoJo and Tasha for sure. I actually started watching um, The Bachelorette on JoJo season. And then I kind of got into it from there. I wasn't like a super loyal fan until I think Ari's season. And then I really got hooked on it. I mean, I think we can all agree like now it's a little bit of like a love-hate relationship with the franchise. Um, it's like all of our guilty pleasures, I feel yeah. like. <laughs> relate to it on that it's not it's not something I proudly say I watch now but it is a guilty pleasure yeah for sure I'm with you there and that's the funny thing like when I tell people what my podcast is about it's so niche it's like it's not just a bachelor podcast it's a bachelor fashion podcast you can't really get any more specific you know (laughs) Exactly. But that's cool because I mean, not everybody's doing that. And there is so much fashion on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette on both ends. So there's always something to talk about. I feel like every episode, even when I'm like just listening to other recap podcasts, you know, there's always like a segment of what were they wearing and how did it look and, you know, X, Y, Z. Yeah. And that is, that's part of why I wanted to start this in the first place. So kind of going along with that, I'm curious to hear what you think of Katie's promo outfits so far um (laughs) they are what I expected them to be I think I don't think she necessarily has a, a developed sense of style like previous bachelorettes have and so I think that um not having that like defined sense of style you can kind of get lost in the direction because the stylist is probably taking over a little bit more. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not there. I don't know the stylist, but um, they're, they're okay. And they're nothing special. Personally, I'm not a huge fan, but it's just not my style. But at the end of the day, she looks great. Like she's stunning girl and she's, you know, looks incredible and everything. It's just not something, I don't know. It just, if we're comparing it to like a Hannah Brown season or a Tasha or, you know, anyone, the looks just like don't add up. They're just not the same caliber. And I think that has to do with not only the look, but also like the production value, you know, like the production value of the entire campaign that they've, or I guess, I don't know, the commercials, (laughs) the promos, um, none of it is up to par with what they've done for previous bachelorettes, which is really confusing to me. Yeah, I have been curious about that. Like, I wonder why, it's so vastly different in terms of a production value. And you can, you can tell, you can see it in like the backdrops of the sets. You can see it in the clothes. Maybe they're just like losing money. I don't know. I doubt it, but yeah, it's kind of sad to see the stark difference. Yeah. And even like from the bachelor seasons, like you can definitely tell the 
amount of money that goes in for bachelor season versus a bachelorette season, which is a huge issue in itself. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because they're doing two bachelorettes because Michelle also is going to have a season. I don't really I know. I hadn't even considered that. I don't know why that never crossed my mind. Yeah. It's like, it's not even that so much the fashion is just the whole production value. Like the out, the outfits match the production value. I will say that like, even if it's not necessarily my style, the outfits that she was in match what they gave her, <laughs> you know, yeah, she- you can tell it's not um, as expensive of a budget. And I talked right. about that a little bit last week, how Tasha was wearing way more expensive pieces than the bachelor stylist would have usually used because they switched the bachelorette in the middle of the season. And so a bunch of things were on sale in the middle of filming the season. So he was able to buy things at discount prices that he never would have able, never would have bought for the show before. And that was kind of interesting. And I mean, it's just kind of a bummer that Katie has to follow that as the bachelorette, you know? Do you know if he buys the clothes though? Cause I would assume that he would just get them um, on loan. I think he buys them. That's what he said in the interviews. He says he does like, like 10 days worth of shopping after he meets with them. He like shops for like over a week buying tons of clothes. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I would have guessed it would have been um, like samples from brands, but I'm not that sure. That would have made more sense. Cause I'm curious what they do with them after the show. Yeah, I'm sure the ones that they, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they do have like, maybe they have like a big closet that they keep everything in. Um, I don't know. That's, I have no idea. That's interesting though. Yeah, because usually for like events and things, the dresses or whatever people are is wearing is not bought. It's just borrowed, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, everything is borrowed. I mean, and that kind of, I have some non, some slightly less bachelor related questions about your career. So when you're styling a person for an event and not for like a brand, you're not styling, you know, the brand's clothes, but you're styling an individual person. How do you, do you rent those pieces from somewhere? Do they have a budget? Do they want to buy the clothes that they're going to be wearing? And like, how does that kind of work in terms of what they keep and what they don't and stuff like that? So if we're talking about like a red carpet, that everything will be on loan either from the designer, a showroom. There are rental um, houses and rental companies that you can rent from, which happens as well. But for the most part, the jewelry, the shoes, the dress, the accessories are all borrowed and loaned. There is like a process that goes with that as far as like where you get them from and um, you can only keep them for so long and X, Y, Z. But yeah, if they, I mean, for the most part, the client knows that. So they won't, they're not expecting to buy anything. Um, If it is maybe like a lower end, um, I guess lower end wasn't the right word, but like a, um, if it's like a, a celebrity who isn't as well known, then they may purchase their own. They might not even work with a stylist. They may just go um, you know, to Saks and buy a really great dress and just do that. But yeah, if a stylist is doing it 99.9% of the time, it is borrowed. And you need what's called a poll letter, right? Do you use those to like borrow the clothes? 
Yeah, so a pull letter is usually for um, like an editorial shoot or it's like a letter of um, recommendation, I think it's called an LOR and or a pull letter. And that is kind of just giving you like the credentials from the magazine. Um, for red carpets, you don't need one as much. Um, it's more just like building relationships with the showrooms or the designers or whoever you're pulling from. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how it works. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was curious about that because when I was starting this podcast, I was like researching a little bit about, you know, fashion styling and how it works. And that was one of the things I read about. And I guess you're right. It makes sense that that would be for a magazine or something else and less for like events and things that make sense. So when you are styling an individual client or like an individual person, how does your process work? Like, where do you start? Do you start with a certain piece of clothing do you talk with them about like what they like and don't like? What is your process? Yeah, so um, ev- everyone's a little bit different. I do a lot of assisting for different celebrity stylists. Um, so I kind of learn a lot from everybody and everyone you know, does certain things differently. Personally, you, I would go to the client, we would discuss kind of what, the vibe is for the red carpet. You know, you take into consideration the background, what the carpet color is, kind of what they wore in seasons past and previous award shows or red carpets or whatever. And then you come up with a vibe and kind of like um, an idea of what they want to wear. And then I would go out and pull all the options and I'm pulling from different showrooms, getting tons and tons of options. And then we would have a fitting where we narrow it down to the look. And then after that, it goes to the tailor and then we do another fitting. Then that's usually where like the shoes and the accessories come in and we define everything and get everything down, take pictures. And then usually the event is like the next day or the next couple days. And yeah, so it's pretty fun. It's about um, a week process, I would say in total. That's so cool. And as you were talking about that, I'm, I'm curious how hair and makeup will work into that. Like, do you, will they pick what hair they want? Cause sometimes you'll see a certain red carpet look and you're like, oh, it would have looked better with different hair that didn't like cover the neckline or hair that like, I don't know. Does that make sense? You, the, the hair can kind of play off the dress or whatever and like match or not match. And who decides like what hair goes with what dress and at what point in the process does that happen? Yeah. So again, everybody's different, but at the end of the day, it's all collaborative. So the client, you know, really has the final say because it's, you know, they're wearing it their hair Um, but in that circumstance the hairstylist would decide and say I think this is going to look best you know the stylist may be there to say like oh yeah I think that's going to look great or like maybe let's consider the neckline but at the end of the day it's just a big collaboration but for the most part I let the stylist the hairstylist do their thing I do my thing Um, but it's all like a mutual respect okay yeah that makes sense it seems like it would be such a fun environment to be in that like workflow and you're kind of like bouncing off of each other and like being creative in that way seems like that would be super fun 
Yeah, it's kind of where everything like pays off too, because all the prep and the hard work that goes into it. Red carpets are fun. And I enjoy doing them because it's like instant gratification. You know, like you see your client on the red carpet, you get those photos right away versus like other projects that may take, you know, a few months to come out. So that's something I love about red carpet. But yeah, it's definitely the day of the event is always a fun, fun environment. Yeah, I'm sure. And I wonder like, if you had to pick a favorite, you're probably, I don't know if you'd pick a favorite, but like, if you had to say that you like one more than the other, red carpet or styling for a photo shoot or something, which one do you like better and why? Or is it totally both for different reasons? I mean, I love them all for different reasons, but I'd probably say I my favorite would be red carpet just because I love gowns and I love working with gowns and I love, um, you know, playing with different ideas of what could be on a red carpet. I think that's really cool. So yeah, probably red carpet. Yeah. I feel like that would be really, really fun, especially because you're going to have access to such extreme gowns and things that, you know, are just so not like every day, you know, and it would be like, like a fantasy. <laughs> right. Totally. And, you know, some, I have friends who are the opposite of me and they would rather do more like music video costume design where they like to play with like a character and like build up that character. Um, and they don't like to do the red carpet thing as much. So I, I mean, there's beauty in all of it and it's all like really cool. Um, but yeah, something about red carpet and just like working with the gowns and all of the, you know, diamonds and jewelry is just so fun to me. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard work though. Don't let the glamour fool you. It is hardly glamorous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're doing it all for somebody else, you know? And so they get all the glam and you're the one doing like the the work behind the scenes and stuff. Right, which I actually love. Like I enjoy that. I like being behind the scenes, but it is like, it is a, a job, you know, wardrobe stylist, seems like a very like glorified job but like at the end of the day we're lugging like 16 garment bags upstairs and you know we're (laughs) like breaking down shipping boxes and emailing and spreadsheets and there's so much that goes into it that people don't realize it's like maybe three percent of the job is actually glamorous (laughs) okay so kind of along with that what is like the hardest part of the job or the hardest like scenario that specifically you've had during your career um the hardest part that's kind of tricky um I guess the hardest part would be dealing with some of like the stress that comes along with it um it can be stressful trying to get different samples or you know different pieces on time for your photo shoot or red carpet or whatever you're doing for me I'm not great with math and so sometimes budgets can be tough (laughs) just mentally exhausting um but it's all stuff that it's it's all a part of the job and I love the job so much that it's like none of it is like really that taxing it's more just like getting the energy to like keep going and like keep pushing and pushing pushing because it is a lot of work and you know sometimes you're working every single day for weeks at a time and you're working like eight to 12 hour days and it is a lot. So I'm, I think the hardest part is probably just dealing with the stress of it all. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I mean, every event has like a deadline, 
Like how much time do you have? Cause it sounds like it's like, clearly it's stressful and there's a lot of moving parts to it. So what type of events like take the longest or like take the least amount of time in terms of all the preparation? Would you say that like red carpet stuff, you said it's like about a week of planning. Is there other things that are longer than a week or less than a week? Yeah, I would say um, probably at least in my experience, um, music videos probably take the longest to prep and wrap just because there's so much that goes into it. And it depends like on how many people you're dressing and how many looks per person. Red carpet's probably, red carpet and editorial probably the quickest. And then yeah, appearances, red carpet, um, editorial, that kind of all falls in around like the same timeline. So music videos definitely take the longest. That makes sense, especially because, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a music video where anyone only had one one outfit. Right. And sometimes, you know, you're dressing the talent, but you're also dressing the dancers and you're also dressing the extras in the video. I mean, hope like a lot of the time they will be like a designated dancer stylist, but that's not always the case. So sometimes, you know, you're prepping 50 looks for Whoa. one video, you know, and that takes like two, two weeks minimum. <laughs> With that's that, amazing. Multiple people helping, you know, like three or four assistants plus the stylist. Wow. That sounds intense. Yeah. It's That's really cool. And you know, with those looks, you are having multiple options for each look. So then you're pulling way more than you actually need and then do the fitting and then, you know, you narrow it down. Yeah. That sounds intense. It is, but it's fun. <laughs> and so for something like a music video, who I mean, it's a collaborative effort, like you've mentioned, but like, are you given the location or like the set of the music video? And then you guys can like choose outfits based on, you know, like what would look good in different settings or do you find that out later? Yeah. There's usually like a video treatment that you would get that kind of breaks down like the shot list and who's going to be in the shots and where they're going to be the locations and everything. So you do have that before you start prepping. So, you know, kind of what you're looking for, if you know, they're in a park and you know, they're not going to be like wearing a ball gown, <laughs> you know, right. like, like they're in a car and you know, the car is going to go to this scene and you know, then they're going to drive off. So you're, you know, we need, jewelry on the wrist because their hand will be out the window. So that is all provided to you beforehand, which is really nice. And then again, um, you know, you're just collaborating with the artist to figure out what they want. Cause at the end of the day, like their music video is like their baby. And so you're just working with them to kind of make that dream like a reality. Do you mind if I ask like what music videos you've helped with? Yeah. Um, I've worked with a couple. I've worked on Nicki Minaj's Good Form, and that was styled by Achilles, which was really cool. Um, I've worked on Megan Trainer music videos, and a couple of them. Last one was with Earth, Wind, and Fire for her Christmas album, and that was oh, awesome. Yeah, that was styled by Haley Atkin, and I've done oh. Um, Tanache, one of her songs, this was a while ago in 2016, styled by Maeve Riley. So those were, I think, I think those were all the music videos I've worked on so far. And then another project coming out in June that I'll be posting about on my Instagram. That's really exciting. And it was a series of 12 music videos. So that was fun. Wow. That's a lot. 
I'm sure that's taken like months, right? That was um, a month long job. I think it was like 30 days, exactly 31 days. Wow. How, I would even think it'd be longer than that. That sounds like a lot of work in one month. That's crazy. I know it was insane. We had such a good team though. Like we did the 12 videos in 12 days. So it was like, it was so much, but it was really cool. Like such a good project to be a part of. And I'm really excited for them to come out. Wow. That's so cool. I'll definitely be snooping on your page. Looking forward to that. That's so cool. I think is when they start dropping. So I'll be posting about it. That's awesome. Um, okay. So here's another question with something like, like a music video, I'm assuming it's more likely that you'd run into like problems than something with a red carpet. Is that right? Is that true? Or, um, like how often do you run into like snags? Throughout yeah, the I would say, I guess music videos take more time. So there's more like time to have like hiccups and that kind of thing, but they all equally have like their issues that can come up. They're just like different issues, you know, like for a music video, for example, like if a look is looks can get lost in the mail like a lot of the stuff comes from New York or Europe or wherever and things can get lost in the mail and then you know you're dealing with FedEx um things change really last minute and you have to run out and you know figure something out looks can change really last minute but that's kind of the same thing for like red carpet as well or like a zipper can break but you know there's seamstresses on hand so none of the issues like I always say like a stylist assistant job is to like do the, like fix the unfixable. Like if there's something goes wrong, like you have to fix it and like you just have to figure it out. (laughs) So whatever you have to do to figure it out, is like what you do. And that's, that's the the main goal of the job, I would say. Yes. You probably have like, you know, safety pins and thread and clips and all kinds of stuff on hand all the time, just in case. Right. Right. Yeah. And just like resources to, you know, if something isn't there, doesn't get there in time, you know, like you need a backup plan, you need to fix it really quickly and you just need to like keep going. Cause just because like something goes missing or something goes wrong, like you still have to keep going because the the event or the music video or whatever is still happening. They're not going to push it back. So <laughs> you just have to figure it out. Wow. High pressure. <laughs> yeah, it is high pressure, but it's fun. I like working. I work really well under high pressure and like stress and that kind of thing it like motivates me so I think that's why I like this job like I'm not a nine to five person like I can't work in a desk and so like if I have a hundred things to do I like I don't know it motivates me so kind of along with that is like how did you get started in the industry and where like where did you start how did you start what made you want to do it in the first place and like how long have you been doing it for Yeah. So I always knew I wanted to be a stylist. Um, I'm, so I'm from Michigan originally. I'm from Grand Rapids. And at the time I didn't, I was in high school and I didn't know what styling really was. I just kind of like looked at magazines and looked at TV shows and was like, somebody's dressing them, you know, like I want to do that. But I had like no idea what the job actually like entailed or I mean, clothing on TV shows and movies is not even styling, that's costume design. So that's something I had to learn as well. And so I was looking to go to FIT right out of high school. And I was, I'm terrible at school. I was not good in high school. And so I did not get into FIT. And so I went to community college for three years to get a very basic associate's degree. 
And then I tried to go to FIT again and it, I got denied again. <laughs> oh no. So I was like, okay, that's not working, which was honestly like better because they didn't even have a styling program. I was going to go for um, fashion merchandising and that's not what I wanted to do. So it was, it worked out that way. And so I found a school in San Francisco that had a styling program. Is it the Academy of Art? Yes. (laughs) I've been looking into that major. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Okay. Well, hopefully I don't turn you off too. (laughs) Um, So I I was looking at that program and I was like, okay, perfect. Um, I'm going to do this. And like, I was like starting to enroll and everything. And it's so funny because I remember I was at a coffee shop with my best friend and we were doing just working on stuff. She's a photographer and we just always would sit at this coffee shop and she like looked at me and she's like, are you sure you need a degree for styling? And I was like, you know what? I don't know. And this was um, 2015. So I Googled it. I just Googled, do you need a degree for styling and like stylist school? And this link came up that was called school of style and I clicked it and it was basically a nine day program of that was taught by a celebrity stylist and it was in LA and it was like an immersive program where you learn hands-on from a stylist and like you get to go to showrooms and all of that kind of thing and I was like sold <laughs> I was, and then I like canceled my enrollment to the school in San Francisco and I did school of style. And then I moved to California six months after that and started interning. And then I just interned for a year unpaid and worked on the side at a bridal salon so I could pay my bills and hustled until I started second assisting and then working my way up until now I'm a first assistant And so that's what I'm doing now. Um, But in between that, still like doing stuff on my own as well. So it's just, it's been a hustle and a grind. (laughs) That's impressive. That sounds way cool. Yeah, honestly, you really don't need school to be a stylist. And um, I hate to say you don't need to go to college, um, (laughs) but you really don't. It's, It's all about your experience. It's all about gaining that knowledge of the industry because I can guarantee you nothing that they'll teach you in school is actually knowledge you'll need to know in the styling industry. Um, It won't hurt though, I will say that. So if you do have a design degree, you can sew, you know about textiles, like that's all things that will really help you and elevate you as a stylist and that will like set you apart in a way because I don't know how to sew, but it's not necessary. Okay. So did you not take any classes at the school at all? No, I was, I didn't even like get to the point. I think they just like accepted me and I didn't do anything else with them. I like, never paid anything or whatever. <laughs> wow. You could change trajectories. Like, I mean the same trajectory, but a different pathway to get there, I guess. Totally. Yeah. I wasn't sold on going back to school or go- continuing school. So it really worked out for me. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And So you said you were with your friend who was a photographer when you kind of thought about that. Does she work in the same industry or does she do different stuff? Yeah. So she actually just moved to LA in 2020. And so now she's kind of like stepping her foot into the industry. She's been a photographer, lifestyle, fashion, and commercial for, oh my gosh, like 10 years now. So she is definitely in the industry with me. (laughs) That's awesome. That'd be fun to like get a work. I mean, I guess you would get to know people in the industry anyway and become friends with them. 
But if your friend kind of joined you in the industry, that would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of my friends, I actually met at the school of style. We just did our first job together like last month, which was really fun. That's awesome. That sounds way cool. Um, let me think. I have, I feel like we've gotten through most of these, but there's still a couple left. Okay. Here's a question. You do a lot of collab. It's obviously collaborative, right? And, um, you've worked your way up in different levels of assisting. Is there ever a time? And I guess you don't have to like throw anybody under the bus, but where you really don't like what someone is styling and you're like, I have to do this look that I don't want to do that because you don't like it does that ever happen it can happen but honestly and I guess at least in my experience I've only ever worked with stylists that I really admire um and maybe that's I just got really lucky that way so I I can see how that can happen for sure <laughs> but yeah I think I guess I've just been lucky everyone I've worked with I really love and look up to so I've never had that issue, but although I do see like looks I'll, you know, on the red carpet that I'm like, oh my God, what were they thinking? Or <laughs> on the TV, I'm like, that's terrible. Um, so it does happen. I'm just lucky it's never happened to me while I was working. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that would be kind of an, I mean, not really an awkward position because obviously you're not going to like call out your boss or something, but in your mind, you'd be like, oh, I don't like that. And that would be kind of weird, but I'm glad that you've only got to work with people who you jive with on that creative level. That's good. And like a lot of, um, I think I'm lucky where a lot of the stylists I've worked with are also want my input as an assistant as well. You know, they'll ask me like, Hey, what do you think like this one or this one? And you know, that's even a collaborative process as well, not just with the client, but with the stylist and their assistant. And, you know, cause sometimes they need a second opinion. Sometimes they are know exactly what they want. So it just depends. Yeah. I feel like obviously you have to work your way up from the bottom and get somewhere, but like having that full creative control and being able to guide the whole thing, it would like, I feel like that would just be so much fun. So on the things that you've done yourself, where you're styling the whole thing yourself, what kind of projects are those? Like, are they, are, do you do events by yourself? Do you, what kind of things do you style solo? So I mainly do e-commerce on my own, as well as like some ad campaigns and um, working with like local magazines, that kind of thing. Um, so sometimes I'll like partner with different brands to do different campaigns for them. Um, working with e-commerce, which is the company I worked with Tasha for styling their online catalogs every week, that kind of thing I do on my own. So far, the celebrity, I do all assisting unless I'm working with a magazine. Like I've worked with celebrities as my own stylist through a magazine. Um, but I haven't like gotten my own client roster yet, which is for me right now, it's intentional because I just feel like I can always be continuing to learn before I like eventually want to take that leap. And I really enjoy um, assisting. Actually, it's it's great. I love it so much. But yeah, that's what I that's what I do on my own. Okay, cool. And with a project like that, when you're styling for um, like a fashion brand or something for a magazine, and you know they're having a spread in the magazine, are you doing an ad campaign for a fashion company? Are you I mean, I'm sure that it's not often everything they're wearing from head to toe is one designer, right? So how do you, 
how do you decide like what to pull to accent the piece that you're advertising? Right. So when it, well, when it's for, um, like a company that has their own line of clothing, then I'll only pull from their like fashion closet, which makes it a little bit easier. But if it's for like a magazine or for example, there's a local magazine that I style covers for from time to time. And they kind of just give me like a little bit of a creative direction of like where the location is going to be. And then it's kind of up to me to take that and like create the look guide, which is kind of exciting and like the mood boards and stuff. And then usually when I'm working with like local magazines and that kind of thing, I like to pull from local boutiques. So I'll go around and see if they want to collaborate and say, Hey, this is the magazine. Um, Can I pull from your store? And then usually they're super excited and they're down. And so, you know, they get the credit in the magazine and I try to pull use a piece from every store that I pull from when it is local, just so, you know, everyone's kind of getting um, some sort of benefit out of it. Yeah, that's awesome. That makes a lot of sense. I hadn't really thought about it in terms of, like you said, if you're doing an ad campaign and it's for a certain line, you pull from their closet or their, you know, whatever other stuff they've done in the past. I don't know why that never occurred to me. That (laughs) makes sense. And I think that's like really cool. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. And like, if, you know, maybe the company is more of like an accessory based brand, then you do have to go out and shop for the clothing. Um, But at that point you kind of just, you're purchasing things. um, And then you're kind of just looking for brandless items because you don't want to take away from the product and making it a little bit more simple. That's where like e-commerce and ad campaigns are a little bit more simple because you want to really accent like what they're trying to sell. Mm -hmm. And so for something like that, where you said that you can choose the location and whatnot. Are you, are you choosing who models? Are you choosing, or do they choose that? So they choose that. Yeah. Um, And so they actually, sorry, I might've said me, but they actually usually choose the location as well. So they will give me the location. They give me the model. They give me the photographer all of that info. And then I can kind of take that from there, depending on the company. Some people like to have a little bit more creative direction and somebody, sometimes they might give me a little bit more creative freedom to do what I want to do. So it just depends. But yeah, as far as like the model goes and everything, that's usually all taken care of before it gets to me. Gotcha. Okay. So when you're on a set for a certain, for like anything, and you're on the set during the shoot for something, Obviously you're with photographers who like know what they're doing, but do you ever like, like what's your relationship with the photographer like in terms of an ad campaign? So I guess it just depends on like what level we're talking. If it's, you know, for more of like a local clothing brand, then I may be collaborating with them a little bit more and being like, can we try this pose? Because I think that this is going to really accentuate the outfit more. But, you know, if it's for an editorial or an ad campaign for like Vogue, you know, that's taken care of. Like, (laughs) they don't need anybody telling them (laughs) what to do because not only is the model professional and knows what they're doing, but everyone is like at that top tier level. So I think it just kind of depends at what level. I know I've done both. I've worked on Vogue and I've worked a lot with local companies. And I love them both the same. They're just different. So I guess the collaboration with the photographer is a little bit more 
it's a little bit more open and free when it is like a more local brand because we're all in it together trying to like produce the best product for the company that hired us. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause that's kind of like more how my mind like pictures it is more like, you know, you're kind of bouncing off of each other on the set, but you're totally right. Obviously that like on a Vogue set for something really editorial, the photographer is just going to like do his thing, you know, and you're not going to need to like interact that much. I feel like. Right. And there's like so many different, you know, pieces that go in like such like a well-oiled machine, I guess that there's like, of course, like if you, you will adjust the clothing to make sure it like looks the best. And that's kind of like where I would step in. Like even like as the assistant, I would, you know, pop in if like the collar is falling down, you know, like I'll fix the collar, that kind of thing. But yeah, for the most part, that's very well-oiled machine. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like even when I am doing photos for like my Instagram or something, I'm not in, I'm not behind the camera. So I can't see my own clothes, but then I'm like looking at photos and I'm like, I should have like twisted the shirt a little bit. I should have like pulled this pant leg down. It got scrunched up or whatever, you know? So having someone like behind the camera who is like in tune with the outfit and sees all the little details would be so nice. (laughs) Yeah. It can get frustrating though. Cause like I'll want to, I'll like move something and then the model will like move and then it like goes back. So you do have to kind of get over it to a point where like, it's never going to be perfect and you just have to like get over it and keep going. Um, especially in like, um, like video format, it's just so hard to adjust those little pieces cause they're constantly moving, but yeah, it is very helpful. I think for photographers as well to have a stylist there because they don't, they may not have the eye, they may have the eye for it, but they might not have the eye. And even if they do, they don't have like the time to be doing both jobs at the same time. Right. And I mean, I mean, I'm not any, I'm not anybody important, but like, even in terms of my own social media, that's what I like to do. I like to like micromanage all the moving little pieces of the photography and the fashion styling and the composition and the lighting and the setting in my mind I'm doing like 10 different jobs and so I feel like for a smaller type of shoot it would like you said it's more you're working closer with those people you know so I feel like it would give more of that feeling yeah totally and it's it's fun when you get to you know have a little bit more creative freedom and kind of like help with know just like hey actually I think we should do this you know like let's try this and let's try that and if you know when it's like open free creative juices are flowing it's really fun fun vibe yeah that's cool I love that so here's a question what do you think of the Chanel quote before you leave the house look in the mirror and remove one accessory I would agree with it um, but I think it's like circumstantial you know like if we're talking like a red carpet And, you know, girl has on earring, necklace, bracelets, rings, and hair done up and crazy. Like, yeah, let's like look in the mirror and take something off because sometimes simple is best. Um, You know, but if you're just leaving the house to, you know, go out to dinner with your girls, that I think you're fine. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's all relative because I don't wear a ton of accessories out. But I think as far as the red carpet, that is such a good rule to follow. Sometimes 
simple is best. Okay. So less so for every day and more for like event stuff. Yeah, I think so for sure. Okay, cool. Good advice. Good advice. Okay. So one last question that I'm going to ask, what would your advice be for everyday Jane and Joe in terms of styling themselves for something casual or something nice? Like what is your styling advice for people? Yeah. So my styling advice is where you feel most comfortable in. A lot of my, I like to help my friends and my family with their style all the time if they need it or if they, you know, they don't even have to ask me, I'll just help them. (laughs) But um, I think the most important thing is just feeling comfortable in what you're wearing, because I think that is going to give you like such a confidence boost in general. Like if you love your outfit, you're going to feel 10 times better personally, at least it just in general, your mood is better. You feel confident if your outfit is on point, but it doesn't necessarily like have to be like the most trendy outfit or, you know, what someone else thinks you look best in, as long as you think you look best in it, that's really all that counts because that confidence is going to elevate you in a way that is going to make the outfit look good no matter what. And I feel like that's something that is obviously very individual to each person. Everyone's going to feel more comfortable in something different, you know? Totally. My mom, I'm like, she's like, which one should I wear? And I'm like, I don't know, which one do you like better? Like, which one do you feel best in? I'm like, I like them both. I could tell you which one I like better, but if that's not the one that you feel best in, like my opinion isn't going to matter, you know? Yeah, very true. So when you're styling your friend or yourself how do you kind of like pick not the base pieces but like accessory pieces shoes jewelry a hat a bandana a scarf that kind of thing kind of just based on their own personal style I mean I have a really good friend who I give a lot of my like my old clothes to um and if I could like I would give her everything in my closet but I know that she's only gonna wear certain pieces that are her style, you know? So in that sort of sense, like if I was like dressing her for an event or whatever she needed, I would just pull accessories from her own wardrobe that I think she would feel the most confident in. And, you know, if she's not a near earring girl, then I'm not gonna put her in earrings. You know, if she loves rings, like let's deck her out in rings or whatever that may be. And I, I think I learned a lot of that from being in the bridal industry. I was a bridal stylist for so many years. And I just think that the biggest takeaway I took from that was, you know, if you're getting dressed for a certain event, you want to look like yourself just a little bit elevated. So instead of, you know, trying to rock a crazy necklace when you actually hate wearing necklaces, like that's never going to work because it's like not authentic to you. But if you love crazy earrings, like keep it simple and just do a crazy earring. Um, so yeah, just staying true to yourself, I think is like really the key. Yeah, for sure. And that's the interesting thing kind of about when it comes to the bachelor and I'm like judging the contestants on what they wear. Obviously I'm not judging the person and everyone has individual style. So I'm right. just giving like my personal opinion on like what somebody else may love totally, you know? Um, And it's all just very individual to each person. Everybody has their own likes and dislikes and opinions. And that's going to happen on every level from 
casual going to school to like red carpet and editorial in a, the biggest magazine. It's always going to be that way. Totally. Exactly. And I mean, I'm the same way. Like I look at people on TV, like if we're talking about the bachelor and I'm like, Oh my God, why would they wear that? You know, we all do it. It's fine. But like, if we're really going to like dissect it and like break it down, it's probably what they felt best in that night. And like, that's why, you know, they got the rose because they were glowing and they had that confidence and, you know, that's great for them. But trust me, like I still, I'll still look at the TV and be like, what were they thinking? <laughs> yeah. I totally get that. I totally get that. Part of the fun of the show, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like I always say at the beginning of every or nearly every episode, I'm just one person. I'm not a professional. It's just my take on something and I'm totally fine if people disagree with me. In fact, I want like comment on my thing. Tell me you disagree with me, whatever, you know. I'm even in the industry and I don't know everything. Like it's also just my opinion. So at the end of the day, we're all just shouting our opinions on what people wear about on TV and that's it. And it's just, it's supposed to be fun. And, you know, especially when it's like the bachelors, like those girls are choosing their own dresses unless it is the lead who like has the stylist, obviously. So you do know that they must love what they're wearing because they picked it. So, I mean, good for them. They're, they're rocking it. And every yeah. girl is stunning. So like, when have we ever seen a girl look bad on that show? Let's be real. Right. Doesn't happen often. They usually look pretty, pretty freaking great. Yep. Okay. I think that's it. I got through all my questions and then some, I added so many along <laughs> the way. So thank you so much for like rolling with the punches and my rambly mind. This was so much fun. Oh my gosh. Of course. No, it was so much fun. My first podcast down. I feel like I can take on the podcast world now and thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. Yeah. Thank you for doing it. And again, people can find you on Instagram. You have two accounts, right? You have Janelle, the stylist, and then you have your personal account. Just plug it again. I can't remember it. So let the people yeah, know. So I have, I have at Janelle, the stylist, and then at Janelle Lynn with one N. Um, I'm trying to merge them slowly, but surely I'm not great at posting on either of them. And I eventually want to merge them into one. So it's personal and work. I think that would work better for me because I, I can't do both. It's too much work. <laughs> so either one you can follow. I'll let you know if they merge one day, but it'll probably be in the far future. <laughs> well, I will definitely be following along on both of them. Until you put them together, I'll, I'm definitely a new fan. Thank you. And just a quick reminder, as the new season of The Bachelor gears up, I have a new segment that I'm going to have on where if you want to send me a soundbite, a voice memo, whatever, about what you love that week or don't love that somebody wore, send me a little voice memo and I'll put that on at the end of an episode. And you can follow on Instagram at a bachelor fashion podcast. And I'm so excited for the new season. It's going to be such a blast. Again, thank you, Janelle, so much. This was so great. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. And with that, we'll be back next week. Until then, bye. Bye.